You're my comfort in time of need. You're my refuge, you're my rock. You're the one I depend on. You're the road to hope when the light grows dim. When the waves of doubt come crashing in. You're my anchor in this troubled storm. Oh, my My anchor in this troubled storm, Almighty God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad He's your anchor today and that your anchor can hold in the solid rock of the Word of God? Amen. What a promise that that is to us today. Amen. What a wonderful Lord and what a wonderful Savior. Amen. Let's talk to the Lord a moment. Would you stand with me? As we go to prayer, maybe you have a request upon your heart. You'd just like to say, Lord, pass by my way today and speak to me in a special way. The Lord knows your need, knows your situation. Amen. You don't have to be here physically present. You're just right here in his presence today. Knowing that he is the ever-present water from the rock, able to supply your need. Lord Jesus, we love you today and we appreciate you and glorify your name. Because you're the worthy almighty God. You're the supplier of every need, Lord. You are the rock that we do lean on. You are the hope, oh God, that we have. Because our faith is in you, Lord, the solid rock of the word of God. We're asking for your anointing today. Lord, that you would anoint the word to us. That every need that you would supply by speaking to our hearts, Lord, and revealing yourself to us. You're the almighty God and you change not. And we're just depending on you, Lord. As I think about it today, as I stand here, Lord, with fragments of thoughts that we can speak upon. But Lord, we're here at your service to speak your word. And you know how you want this said. And we just pray, God, that you'll direct every word to its mark. Bring healing to your children, Lord. There's many that's got needs. Lord, as we have heard the request today, we hear of another with cancer. Lord, cancers are many. Sickness are many. But Lord, we believe that your word will set your people free. And we're asking in the name of Jesus that you'll do it today for your children. That you'll bring healing in the name of Jesus. and Deliverance in your mighty name we pray. Just meet every need now we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless his word today. If you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read from the first verse. This morning, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you uh, mothers that are here across the land, wherever you are, God knows you. Amen. May you have a wonderful day today and a blessed time. Hopefully, you can get together with your children. I know some are afraid to even hug their children. Uh, I'd just go ahead and hug them if I were you. And Amen. Just make this a very special day. Amen. Amen. So, uh, but anyway, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord together and to give the, 
the name of the Lord, uh, praise and glory and honor. I want to say I had a wonderful mother, uh, two godly grandmothers, a wonderful wife. I have that very special mother to my four children, a wonderful mother-in-law, real godly women that have been a part of my life, and I want to thank God for them. And many, many of you that are here as uh, mothers uh, out and wherever you are, as wherever this reaches you that have blessed me through the years, I want to just say God bless you, each one of you today in his name. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, into the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, even unto the great, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou may prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. I want you to notice this verse in particular. Shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Amen. What wonderful words of life today. God bless you. you can be seated. This actually was my New Year's message um, that I read from this text here, and we want today just to look at it again as we go to the Lord and, and uh, as we are thankful to be able to gather even like we are gathering with the freedoms that we have. I just wanted to mention that we have brethren that are in China that are imprisoned just for uh, possessing and, and sharing the King James Version Bible. So we want to remember those uh, believers that are there in, in prison, and some of them are, have been threatened to be locked away for uh, a lifetime because of this. And so we did get word today that Brother LV, one of the brothers there, was able to get out of prison. So we thank God for that, that he's been released. But there are others that are there that we are believing that God is going to bring a deliverance and um, that he's going to set them free. 
Amen. I, I know he did it for Peter. Amen. He can do it for them. And he can do what men think impossible. And so while we are enjoying the, the freedoms that we're having today, and even though maybe we might feel like they're somewhat limited on account of um, the quarantine that's been going on, we still have uh, at least some freedoms today to, to preach the word of God and to broadcast this around the world. And so we thank God for that opportunity. And we're looking forward to again being together very, very soon. Um, and um, so we, we expect um, things to change as, the, as things move along and the quarantine is, uh, rules changes. And uh, hopefully that we'll be able to meet together really, really soon. And we have been in contact with you on our um, uh, Evening Light uh, webpage there on the Facebook page just to kind of keep you updated on how that we will go about doing that in, in time. But um, so if you'll just check there and look, well, you'll be able to see exactly what we're going to be doing. But we're looking to, together, to get together again and uh, have a wonderful time in the presence of God. So we are glad that today for those few of you that could be here and uh, share this moment, especially you mothers that are going to have to go and cook your own Mother's Day dinner. And, uh, you know, so it's probably not going to be waiting on, on you today or out in some restaurant somewhere that, uh, because of the rules that are different. But anyway, um, happy Mother's Day. Amen. It's just being a mother cooking dinner. Amen. God bless you. Amen for your faithfulness. And I'm sure you'll get a pot or a pan or something that'll help you with your um, uh, duties today. And, and um, so I know one of my, one of my grand, uh, I heard of one, uh, one child anyway saying about his mom, we're going to get her a pot. So, you know, mama needs another pot, I'm sure. Amen. So it's good to be here. It's good to be in the presence of God and be able to talk about the good things of God and knowing that his word is the truth and, and uh, we, can, we can expect God to do tremendous things. And I, I believe we're living in a day where God is doing some very, very extreme things as he works here in this evening time and this process of finishing up all things and the fulfillment of the scriptures. And um, I would like to... I would like to look at John chapter 1 and verse 1 uh, for another scripture reading. And uh, as you're turning there, I'm just going to remind you of a portion of the scripture that we just read. Of this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And then John 1 and 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Skipping down to verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Today we're going to be speaking on the faith in the authority of God's word. Now, reading here in John 1, we see that the word that was in the beginning was made flesh in Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus came to demonstrate the word in flesh. If we want to see what we're to do, what the church is to be like, all we have to do is look at Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and to see what the gospel brought us. And, um, and Brother Branham would speak about this. He said, the word came to the prophets, but Jesus was different from that. He was the word. The prophet could only say what was put in his mouth to say. But Jesus was that word, and the entire word of God could flow through him. And he could create. And he could stop the winds and the waves and what more because it was God always in the word. Now, God is trying to find a church that he can project his word through. You see, God watches over his word to vindicate it. So now we, we notice God speaking through the prophets and then God spoke to us in his son. But now God is going to project himself looking for a church that he can project his word through, that the thoughts of God can be manifested through them. And, and of course, in our generation, we know that the miraculous has been done. And it was done to activate our faith in the word. Amen? The problem is, of course, m- many people, their faith got misplaced. It got put in Brother Branham. But that's not what he was sent to do. He came to restore our faith back to the apostolic fathers. And the the early apostolic faith was in the atonement. And that's what it was to do. It was to put our faith back in the word of God. You see, Brother Branham can't always be here. He's already been gone uh, over 50 years, nearly going towards 60 years now. But, but again, um, you know, he can't, he can't be here, and that he wasn't meant to be here in this time. But the Word of God is what we were to have our faith put in, because the Word of God is eternal. Are you with me? Now, faith is a victory, the Bible said, that overcomes the world. And that faith must not reside in a man or it will die with the man. But it must be in the eternal word of God. Now, of course, you know, when we think of that, faith is our victory. When John wrote that, as we would read, could read in 1 John when he wrote, faith is the victory that overcometh the world. You, you say, well, he didn't have my troubles. Or he didn't have to deal with the people that I deal with. Or he didn't have to go through the things that I do. And that's right, he may not have to deal with the same folks, he may not have to overcome the same thing, but he never excluded that. He said, faith is the victory that overcometh the world, the whole thing. So again, how is it? It's faith in it. We are to ride above 
the things of the world that we are to overcome. We have the written word of God laying before us and the Holy Spirit also, which is also the word because Jesus is the word, the Holy Spirit is the word, God is the word. Come on, somebody. And so this is the word that, that has been written, the thoughts of God written on paper. So we have the written word of God and the Holy Spirit here performing and showing the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with the divine promises that are written here that whatsoever things that you desire when you pray that you, that you receive it, you know, and you shall have it. You believe it and you shall have it. Again, what, you, what do you do then? You have faith, a faith that anchors in what God said. Not a make-believe faith, but a real faith. Now, faith is a conqueror. Brother Brandon would talk about this. He said, faith is an overcomer. You know, it's not just a peacemaker. It overcomes. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And so, it is, it is a conqueror. And, and to, to conquer and victory is the same thing. It means to beat down, to override, to handcuff. To throw into prison, it means that the sin that once ruled you, it means that you rule it now. Amen. It means you have overcome it and you have whipped it and you're greater than it is. Amen. So we think about what was first, the sin, the sinner or the savior. A savior was first. So a savior is more powerful than sin. So which was first, the healer or the sickness? It, it, you know, there couldn't be a healer, of course, and until, um, until there was sickness. But God in his mind already knew this was coming by the choice that man made. And so it, as a healer, it could conquer the sickness. Right. And faith is a victory that overcomes every curse of the devil. Amen. Faith in what now? Not in your church. Not faith in a creed. Right. Not faith in some man but faith in Jesus Christ who made the promise. Amen. Amen. It is the victory. You know, a lot of times we look at circumstances. My arm is still crippled. My pain is still there. I still feel sick. But faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And when you climb into God by prayer until you see the thing is conquered underneath you, there is nothing can hurt you then. You're overcome. Amen. You're sailing free then because you, you realize the thing is conquered beneath you. Amen. Now, you, you know some of you that were a drunkard or slave to, to alcohol. You know, he used to be your master, but you're the master now. Amen. Why? What happened? When you got faith, faith gave you the victory. To overcome that, Jesus said you can be free. The word said you can be free. And you started believing what the word said. And then you began acting upon what the word said. And God brought you deliverance in your life. Amen. So then when that happens, then your enemy is your servant. He has to do what you say. Amen. Now, so you know, Brother Bradham talked about this, about a woman. He said that, that um, she cried and begged and cried to be delivered of tobacco. And, uh, you know, she, she, she would come to the altar time after time after time. 
wanting to be delivered. And, and, and she said, well, Brother Branham, I, I've cried and I've prayed and I've cried and I've prayed. And he said, well, you're just emotional. You're just fighting the air. That won't be no good. He said, I'd get down and pray with her. Lay hands on her. And she'd go back and meet her a few days and she'd just knock you down with cigarette smoke. Her hands were still brown. But one night she went to the doctor and, um, and the doctor diagnosed her with a, with a disease and she was laying there to die. It was then she got down to business. Amen. You know, a drowning man will reach for a straw. And as long as you can walk out of the church and just go join this church and that church and, you know, I'm a good person. There's nothing wrong with me. And that's what she kept doing. Well, I love Jesus and yet I can still smoke and I love Jesus. But when she got down to business and she saw her sins in the light of the Bible, amen, then she repented. She got down to that place where repent or perish. Amen. Then, then got down to business and uh, with God. And, and of course, you know, um, there because of that, at that moment in time, and Brother Bradham went by her place after praying time after time after time. But when she reached that point of getting down to business, amen, where she put her faith in the word of God and realized this is a sin, I must have victory over it. It was then that God brought a deliverance in her life. Amen. He said, well, why didn't she overcome before? Because she was just fluttering around. But when she got down to business with God, it was then that God moved on the scene for her. And the same thing happens for you. When you get down to business with God, amen, that's when God is going to move on the scene for you in your situation. Amen. You put your faith in in, in God. He said, when you get down to business, he said, why wait that long? Why not get down to business now? Put your faith in God. What if the woman had put her faith in me and failed because I'm a man? But when she changed her faith, not in the Branham Tabernacle or in William Branham or anyone else, but placed her faith in Jesus Christ, then she got faith. She raised up above her fears and doubts, and God healed her, and she overcome. Faith is the victory that overcomes. Now, we got to realize that when, when Brother Branham was here, he was given a gift sent by an angel of God with a gift to cause our faith to rise in the promise. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. His gift was not given to heal you, but to get you to believe that Jesus is present Amen. and he could be touched by your need. Right. Amen. Yeah. Now, Brother Branham said this in, from that time. He said, he said now, um, what did she touch? She touched the high priest. If you believe all things are possible, uh, I'm watching, just keep praying wherever you are, balcony, wherever you are, keep praying, Lord, remember me, I'm sick. Now don't, now, don't, um, now don't try to make you nervous, yourself nervous. Just say, Lord, I believe the man is telling me the truth, I believe. He said, what did the angel tell me? If you can get the people to believe you. Right. Now listen, not believe me as a man, but believe the message I'm telling you Believe me, 
And be sincere when you pray. Nothing will stand before your prayer. That's what the man, speaking of the angels, said to me. So he said, he told me not to, to get the people to believe me. He said, not as a man, but believe my message. Now, my message, listen, his message is the word of God. Believe the Bible. It was to get you not to believe him, the man, but believe the word that he was bringing. Now, I'm trying to bring something here today. Faith in the authority of God's word. Now, again, you know, we, we wonder, how can I touch him? He's a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity. When Jesus was here, people would reach out and touch the the hem of his garment or part of his garment as he passed by. Many were healed, right? The woman there that reached out and touched him, she was healed. But genuine faith, he says, no, no defeat. It's already done. It's already over. God said so. That finishes God said so, not the same thing. When you really believe it, that touches him. Right. Now get this thought. Because we wonder, how can I touch him? He's not here physically, but he, yet he's a high priest that can be touched. He is touched when you really believe him. So this is what God's trying to get you to do is to reach out in faith and touch him. Amen. Amen. Now, and he said, the little woman that touched his garment said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And she did it. And when she carried out what her faith wanted her to do, touch it, he felt it, and he turned around and spoke to her. And he says, now, he's right now. Let your faith touch his garment. He's right now is the high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmity. We all know that. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'll have to act today as he did yesterday if he's still the same high priest. And he is. Amen. Amen. Now, so again, this is very, very important that you understand. We can still touch him with our faith. Now, but it all has to do with your approach to God. Just like Martha. Remember, Martha, she was always busy about every other thing. And Mary was sitting at his feet. But now Martha gets her chance when Lazarus is dead. And she has a right, she thinks perhaps, or maybe some would think, to... to, um, uh, to, to chastise Jesus. You could have been here. You could have come when, I, when we sent for you. You know, why didn't you come? You were his friend. But she didn't. She stood right there. And she had the right approach. And she said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, Lord. Amen. And that approach to God caused God to move on the behalf of Lazarus. Are you with me? Because that she had the right approach to God. And if we can have the right approach to God this morning, then God's going to move on our behalf. Now, so you see, if you can get the people to believe, that's what Brother Branham has said, it's only a sign to get you to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sickness and your sins 
and accepted it on the basis of his shed blood. And you draw the attributes from it. And anything you have need of God, God will give it to you if you can only believe it. So again, the sign was to get you to believe. Now, Brother Brandon said, not me as a man, but my message. And my message is that we accept him on the basis of his shed blood. And you draw the attributes from the promise of the word. Now, the reason I'm bringing that out is because, you know, again, we're, we're not going through this whole um, scenario again. Brother Branham standing here and discerning the thoughts and intents of heart and calling this and out. Now, if I can get you to believe, but, you know, and, and we, can't, we can't come into that realm anymore. That's a realm past. That's a day past. But the word is still present. And if we can have the same faith in the same word that Brother Brandon was bringing then, are you with me? Amen. Then we can see the same results. Again, if we can get the people to believe what? The atonement. That is paid for. That is mine. That God's willing to heal me. That is written in the word. It's my promise. And every promise of this word is mine. Now, so again, believe what? Believe that Brother Branham was a good man? Believe that he was a prophet? No, believe that Jesus Christ died for your sickness and your sins and accepted it on the basis of his shed blood. That's how you draw attributes from him. Anything you have need of of God will will give it, God will give it to you if you can only believe it. Now, again, I want to go back. We don't have Brother Branham anymore. We have the word, though, and that's what he was trying to get our faith in. Amen? The word. And if we got the word, then we got healing, we got deliverance, we got salvation. Everything lays in the promise of the word. It's just dependent on you believing. Amen. Not that God can do it, but that he's done it for you. That he's a personal God. Amen. Now, there is nothing that can take place, take the place of the written word. Now, I'm trying to, trying to get your thoughts into the value of the Bible, the Word of God. I'm going to say some very straight things about that. Because the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Is that right? Now, Brother Branham said, as we see that day approaching as it is now, I'm very happy to know we still have the Bible. God's eternal blessed Word. Amen. And he said, there's nothing will ever take its place. There'll never be a denomination, a church, or never be a person or an individual that will ever take the place of this written word. Because in the beginning was the word, and and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So there will never be a denomination, 
a church, a person, or an individual that can take the place of the word. Understand? Amen. Brother Branham can't take the place of the Bible. Amen. No great prophet, no great man of God, no great preacher, no great church. Now, that's been the problem. Churches have come along denominations. They have taken the place of the word of God by interpreting it to mean something different, right? Amen. But our faith must be in the written word of God. Let's see the value of this. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So again, Paul was saying our faith is to rest in the power of God, and that's found in the word of God. The word has all the power of God right in it. Amen. Amen. All the power, all the omnipotence. Amen. All the wonderful powers to create, to create a world, lays in the word of God. Now, let's just see this. In Romans 1.16, I want you to look at this scripture with me. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We already know this in my heart. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So let's look at this a moment. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, that's the word, right? I am not ashamed of the word. So he says the word is the power of God for deliverance. If you can look at it again, look at this script real close now and see and, re- and read with me what it's saying. The gospel, the word is the power of God for deliverance. Amen. That's what the Bible said. Yeah. If the gospel is the word, come on, right. then the word is the power of God for salvation, Amen. for deliverance. Amen. So now, if you want to know where the power is, it lays in the Word. Amen. Amen. And the Word will only be as powerful as what you release it to be from your life. Amen. So again, in the Word of God is the power of God for deliverance, for salvation, for healing, for every need. Now, let me stop a minute. Let me, just, uh, let me just stop for a moment. I'm hearing every, every day, it seems like every day, I'm hearing of another struck down with cancer. Another. I, I've never seen such a time in my life. Just got a, just got a word from um, a dear friend of mine, Truman Jackson. We prayed about his wife, Sister Carol. They're, they're, they're longtime friends of mine that I've known for many, many years. Sister Carol has just got news that she's got cancer. Sister Cynthia Parker has got reoccurring cancer again in her body. We've been praying for our brother Ron, who's, who the enemy has struck down with, with cancer. We've been praying for Sister Shalom in India. By the way, I'm wearing a, a tie that she sent me 
God bless you, Sister Shalom, and happy Mother's Day. And we're believing that God's going to give you victory. Amen. For whatever he's done, you've done to the least of these, my little ones, you've done it to me, he said. And so God sees the very tokens, the very reason I wore this tie this morning, because I'm speaking to you about your need. But I want you to know, you know, when we, when we hear about all these different needs and, and, and just hearing the other day of Brother Mike Walls, his wife was up for um, cancer operation. She comes down, goes in, and, and it's got a, um, Sister Wayne Epps got a, a, a COVID-19 a positive test, and he's sick with the, with the COVID-19. And as he was listening, listening to the service from Sunday, faith just coming to his heart as we prayed, and his fever left him, and he's been fever-free since that time because the word went forth and healed him. Amen. Amen. But his wife there was was going to be having a very important surgery and was scheduled for surgery, but I can't have it because of because of, of the COVID-19. But you know, but let me just say as we talk about this, as we hear so many with cancer, cancer, Brother Random said, is nothing to Jesus Christ. Amen. No more than a headache. Right. Amen. So, well, Brother Tim, you don't know how bad my headache is. I tell you, God will heal that headache. He'll heal it today. We don't have to wait for tomorrow. And your cancer is no more of a problem to God and nothing to Jesus Christ, no more than a headache. Amen. Brother Branham would say cancer is no bad thing for God to heal. Cancer is nothing in the presence of God. God can make all things well. Amen. So he said there is a, there's more sickness in the land today than there's ever been known of. That great plague of cancer sweeping the nations and Christians are dying by it by the thousands. And to think at that very hour, the angel of God came down and even specified cancer. Now, I'm just putting the devil on notice. Amen. The angel of God that sent this message specified cancer. That nothing would stand before the prayers. Not even cancer. Amen. 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 Brother Branham would say again, let me just read another little quote. And if you'll be sincere when you pray, get them to believe you and be sincere when you pray. Nothing shall stand before your prayer, not even cancer. He spoke cancer. That's the only disease he said. But he specified cancer. I want you to know this message has the power against cancer. God specifically spoke about it. Because God knew that that would be something we would come up against. And this message will defeat it. Amen. What message? The message of Jesus Christ that the atonement, he paid it all. Amen. And that cancer is defeated at Calvary Amen. and it has no right to a believer. Amen. Now, I know there are those who want to think that that's only, was spoken only to Brother Branham, but that's a lie of the devil. 
Amen. If that's true, that if that's true, and cancer is no more to God than a headache, then we don't even have power against a headache. Amen. Jesus did not designate some devils. He said that believers would cast out devils in his name. Every devil is subject to the name of Jesus Christ anytime a believer uses his name in faith. His word said so. If you can get them to believe. Amen. Now, so if we believe that Jesus Christ died for your sickness and your sins and by accepting it, on the basis of his shed blood, you can draw attributes from it. Anything you have need of, God will give it to you. Now, let's understand, all of the power of God lays in his word, and the word has specifically spoken against cancer. Come on. We've got the written word that speaks against it. In my name you will cast out devils. We've got the spoken word through a prophet that's that spoken. Come on. It's the living word. Right. We've got both of them. We've got two wings to fly on it. The written word and the living word. Amen. And it can lift us above and take us away from any kind of disease or affliction that there is. Amen. I've already told you there is a power in this word that will defeat even COVID-19. Stop the fever right in his tracks. Amen. Amen. It'll stop cancer right in his tracks. And I'll tell you, we we have put up with the devil long enough. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand to his feet and to realize we have been given authority. The word gave us the authority. And, And God is no better than his word. If you don't back his word, then God isn't God. He has to keep his word. Now, Brother Branham told us that God's written word is no less than God himself. You can read. You know, he said, you can't rest your faith, as I say, just upon anything. You've got to have some basic fact. And that's the reason I can rest my faith upon this word because I believe it to be the word of God. And then if it is the word of God, it is God himself in word form. That's right. And then if that's God himself and no man is better than his word, if I write a declaration here of something that I'll do and now I'm no better than that word is and that word is a part of me, it's my word. And if this is God's written word, it can't be no less than God himself because he's obligated to his word. Now, you believe that? Now, again, there it is. His written word is God himself. When you take that in, you are taking God in. You're taking the power of that in. When you speak it out, you are releasing the power of that word. Now, again, I read this in last Sunday, but listen, he said, Let's just believe him. That's the death stroke to Satan. When a man takes God in his word, brother, that'll kill Satan every time. That is the hardest hit that Satan can get when a man will take God at his word. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We are to live. We have life. By that word. 
Now, we know that, that the battle that we are having here on earth, the first battle was ever fought was fought in the heavens. Michael and, and his angels against Lucifer, and, they, and, they, and Lucifer and his angels were kicked out of heaven. Then that great army of, of devils and all of his imps fell to the earth. Now, God knew there would be a battle. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew, he knows everything that would be, every knot that would bat its eye, how many, how much tallow that they have all together that they would make. But the first thing that Satan did was to come to Eve and try to get her to doubt God's word. He, he reasoned saying, yea, hath God said. And he began to reason. And when he broke down that barrier from where she was, isolated and hidden behind the word, from that moment on, Satan won the battle of over, over God's people. Because one of his subjects, let the weaker one let down the bar, right? Amen. God had fortified her with the word. And let me tell you today, it is the, still the best weapon we got against the enemy is the word of God. There is no greater weapon than it is written. Amen. Now, so you see, God, was, God would choose for his army the best weapon that could be given. He chose it, and he said, it's my word. My word is the best weapon. And he gave his army the best equipment. Now, God can't improve, right? He can't change. He can't change his mind. He can't can't improve on what he does, so he gave the best to start with. Now, no matter how many things Satan's get and, and or how many things the other army gets, Satan's army, Amen. It can never, nothing will change. God's word is still God's first choice to, to defeat the devil with. Right. Amen. Amen. Now, gifts do not defeat the devil. Right. Brother Brandon's gift did not defeat the devil. The word defeated the devil. Right. Amen. When you got the people to believe in the word, that's when the devil was defeated. If we can get the bride of Christ to believe in the word that was over and over and over proved and vindicated, that's when she'll start defeating devils. When she'll start taking the word and confessing that and believing that. Now, using it against the devil. Now, so again, but you see what the devil does is try to get you to disbelieve your weapon. To believe that it's not going to work. He'll talk you out of firing your gun. He'll talk you into laying down your weapon. If he can take it without a shot, he's going to do it. But again, I want you to get the picture. If you believe, if he can get you to believe that your weapon is not strong enough, he's got you disarmed. Amen. Well, you know, if he can get you to disbelieve the word, that's your weapon. He has you defeated. And this is why so many are living a life of defeat is because their faith is in men 
Their faith is even in a prophet, but their faith is not in the word. Now, Brother Branham held up his Bible like this, and he says, this is God's voice to the people. Every word of God is a seed, and it'll produce just exactly like it spoke in the Bible if it's received in good ground. Now, that's God's voice to his church right here. We already got it. It's not coming. We already have it. This is God's voice to the church. Amen. Just say it is written. Satan, here it is written. That does it. You know, because the word of God will defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, any place. Amen. The written word will defeat him. And Jesus defeated Satan by the written word. It is written. And what he did that for, he didn't use his gifts. He didn't use his power. Come on. He used the word. And he did it so that that brings it to the, the smallest, weakest, baby Christian. Right. Amen. No matter how small or how little you are, right. you can say it is written. Amen. Is that right? Amen. And I'll tell you, when he, when he come, here Satan comes, you know, and he said it is written. He tries again. Jesus stays with the word. He tries again. Jesus stays with the word. It is written. It is written. Is it written? Amen. And he said Satan got enough of that when he kept pouring the word into him. Just kept pouring the word into him. And that's, that's what you got to do is you got to just keep pouring the word into him. Every time the devil comes in another way, you pour another scripture into him. You just tell him again. Let him hear the word. Because the word will defeat him. Amen. Now, when Jesus was here in the fullness of the Godhead bodily, you know, when he met the devil, as we said, he never used any of his power. Yet the fathers never spoke anything through him but he never used it. He used the Father's written word, and he never used his power, but he used God's word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, he defeated the devil on the Father's word. And he said, let me say this now, that the word of God would defeat Satan, the devil, anytime, anywhere, or any place. He'll defeat the devil, and the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. If you can look at it the way God wrote it and accept it in your heart, God will make that word become life. So now, again, the right mental attitude. It's important that you get your attitude toward the promise right. Because Satan's going to come and try to make you think, Oh, it's just something wrote for thousands of years ago. It's not for me. It is for you. Amen. Amen. It's written specifically for this day, for this time. Jesus would look in the scripture in his time and say, it's written of me. And 
this is exactly what we do as a word bride in this day. We must look in the word and say, it's written of me. The Bible said this about me. This is my word, not a word of day gone by, but I'm the fulfillment of all the word. Amen. Now, so again, that right mental attitude toward any promise will bring it to pass. Now, Brother Branham said on the authority of God's, or the, Jesus on the authority of the word, he said, every word of God is a written, sworn authority. It's the absolute right of the believer to accept this as the infallible proof. Amen. Infallible truth because it is God's word. Heaven and earth will pass away. Now, if we can only get the bride in the same mind and attitude toward the word that Jesus had. Amen. Look, God did extreme things in our generation to get us to believe the word again. Look, the denomination said it wouldn't work. Days of miracles are past. God doesn't heal anymore. Come on. Is that what the, the church world was saying? And, and the church was believing that. Is that right? But God did extreme things to get us to believe the word. That the word is here. Amen. In the form of the Holy Ghost. And he would vindicate his word and prove his word. And he showed us over and over and over that the word will work. Right. It will heal. Amen. It will raise up cripples. Right. Amen. It will make the blind to see. It will open the ears of the deaf. It will make devils of all kinds to flee. Right. Amen. And even Brother Branham said cancers, he said, there have been more cancers healed under my ministry than any other disease. Why? Because God was showing us that you can defeat Satan with the word any time, any place, and anywhere under any conditions. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Now, now God would actually discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart using a prophetic gift. Now, who else could do that? Who else could do that but the word itself? Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick. That means it's alive. Did somebody catch that? The word is alive. And it is powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to even the divider, the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of heart. So what we saw was the word, the Logos, the Holy Ghost, at work, discerning the hearts. Well, I knew that myself. When I was a little boy and sat there listening to Brother Branham and saw him discern the hearts, I knew that man couldn't do that. I knew there had to be somebody else present. Amen. I I had that much understanding as an 11-year-old boy. What all we understand today, he was showing us the word was present. It knows you. Your name, your address, what the doctor said. Come on. Amen. What's going to happen? If he knows your past, he knows your future. Is that right? It was the word and it was performing where it was sent to. 
Amen. For the word is full of power. The word opened the eyes of the blind. I'm trying to show you what the word did. The word healed the sick. The word raised the dead. The word cast out devils. The word went forth and healed them. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them. He healed them by the word. Amen. Amen. Now, it's the word performing wherever it's sent to. Listen, I, I, I know every time that I have prayed for anybody, it wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't my hands. It wasn't the way I laid my hands. It wasn't something I reached in there and pulled out this sickness or, or this disease or, or did anything. I didn't do anything but speak. And it was the word that cast out the devil. It was the word that healed the sick. And I'm trying to show you the power of the word. In the word, there is power to heal, to deliver, to set free. And what God was doing was showing us his word is present. Because it would come a time when Brother Bradham wouldn't be present. But the word's still present. Hallelujah. That ought to make us shout today. To know we're not here left alone during this time. Amen. We've got the word. And the word will cast out devils. It'll rebuke Satan. It'll give you overcoming power. It will heal the sick. It will rebuke cancers by the word. Now, it's the word performing where it was sent to do. For the word is full of power. It's the same spirit that was in Jesus, the word. That is present again in the church in this last age. Oh, listen to that. I'm reading from the church age book. Let me just back up again so you catch it. I want you to hear the, using the authority of a prophet speaking. It is the word. It is performing whereunto it is sent. For it is the word is full of power. It is the same spirit that was in Jesus the word that is present again in the church in this last age as a last sign trying to head people off from judgment for they that reject him the word are already coming to the judgment crucifying him afresh. So I want you to understand this is exactly what the discernment was for. It was to show us Christ is present. He is here. What forms he in? In his Holy Spirit. Which is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. Is the Holy Spirit not God? Yes, it's God. So the Word is here in the form of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And He's here dwelling in human vessels. The Word made flesh again. The Word in His people. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, you know, you see... People are looking for a savior, for a Messiah. And Brother Branham would say this about this as the world, as he said, the world is falling apart. And he said, what kind of, what about the church? What kind of Messiah is the church looking for today? You, the church has cried the, the loudest. We're hollering about a Messiah. What are we hollering? Revival in our time. Back this, that, or the other. What are they looking for to do it? What more 
do you want? What does the church want anyhow? We've already got it. God gave it to us as his promise for this hour. And we look in the Bible and we see everywhere to the Bible, anointed ones came on and made that word live again right in the hour for that hour. And we got the Messiah. This is him, the word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, and the Word remains God. Hebrews 13 and 8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know what's supposed to take place in this day. We're one in a Messiah, and God gave us the Messiah. His promised Word for this day is just waiting for somebody with faith to anoint it and make it live again. Hallelujah. So we've already got it. You're looking for somebody to rise up, some great Messiah, somebody. The word is here. And that's what we was pointed to. It was back to the word, back to the scripture, back to the Bible. He said, but the church sits spiritually dead, gone. The hours passed them. They're in a slump. They hardly know what to do. One run this way and one that way. And here, every promise that God made in the Bible, every one of them is laying here. They're just as good as they ever was. It's the hour. What makes the church like this? We're in the age of Laodicea when she has to come this way. This is the hour for it. So Laodicea causes people to what? Amen. To be slothful. Amen. To fail to recognize their day and their hour, what God did for us. He restored back to us the word. Yeah, we had a Bible, but but it was covered with men's theology. Amen. But God restored us back to what Paul preached. Amen. So therefore, we should look exactly in this word. In this word, then it's healing, deliverance, salvation, everything. Now, notice, Brother Brandon said, again, that these signs and wonders of showing the past, future, and what should be, And what has been and all about was a vindication of the approaching Messiah. Don't we realize what the sign was about? Don't we realize what the the gift of discernment was about? It was to show us the word is here. That this is the word and this word will defeat your enemy. We don't have to look for another message. Amen. If we can get the people to believe the message, the message of the atonement, the message that our debt is free, amen, and paid for, amen, the the message that we don't have to be sick anymore, that he's a healer of our disease. If we can get the people to believe it, he's waiting for somebody with faith to anoint it. And make it live again. Are you with me now? Now, so again, Brother Branham would tell us about that sign. He says, I challenge you to believe. This is in the trial. I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body. I challenge you to believe that. Amen. You know, the devil wants to get us to stop with, a, with something 
faith that the Son of Man was revealed through the prophet. But let's take it a little further and realize it wasn't about a prophet. It was about a bride. That was the whole purpose of the message. It was not, it was not to get a, a to, to just send a prophet. It was to call out a bride in this evening time of people who would believe the word. Now, so he said, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in form of son of man in human flesh through the bride's body. Because that's where it's being revealed now. The word is being revealed in human flesh. Now, let me share this from you, with you from Patmos' vision. Paul said that the word came in power as well as voice. Now, just stop a minute. How did the message come to us? It, didn't, it wasn't just voice. Come on. It came in power. The word preached actually demonstrated itself. Now, that's true doctrine. True doctrine is different from the doctrine of the Pharisees. The true word will cast out Satan. It will heal the sick. It will fill with the Holy Ghost. It will give them something more than psychology. But it will give them a power to live and overcome in life. Are you with me? So again, the word preached actually demonstrated itself. Like a flame and cutting sword, it went into the consciousness of man. Like a surgeon's knife, it cut out diseases. It set the captive free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the, the gospel, the word, and God confirmed the word with signs following. The sick were healed. The devils were cast out. They spoke in new tongues. That was the word in action. The word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. And in this last age, are you ready for this? It is here, stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Hallelujah. The word in action. The word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. This last age, it is stronger. It is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Oh, little flock, you little minority, hold on to the word. Fill your mouth and heart with it, and someday God will give you the kingdom. Amen. 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 Now, just fill your heart with it. You've got to fill your mouth with it. Now, listen, Brother Bannon said in the Pergamian church age again, believe us, he said, when Jesus was on the earth, he said, believe us not that I am in the Father, the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works, John 14, 10. But here is most evidently set forth the perfect manifestation of God in the Son was by the indwelling Spirit manifested in word and works. Notice this. And that's exactly what we've been teaching all along. When the bride will get back to being a word bride, she will produce the very works that Jesus produced. The word is God and the spirit is God. They're all one. One can't work apart from the other. And if one has truly the spirit of God, he'll have the word of God. 
Is that right? Let's marry this. Let's try it the other way because he said it won't work apart from the other. So if one truly has the word of God, he'll have the spirit of God. If one has the spirit of God, he'll have the word of God. Is that right? That's how it was with the prophets. They had the indwelling spirit of God. The, 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 word, the, the, the word came to them. But how it, how it was with Jesus in him was the spirit without measure. And the word came to him. And Jesus began to both do and teach. Said, my doctrine is not my own, but the fathers that sent me. Now, so how are we going to have a pure word bride again? If we water it down with, and hybrid with creeds and dogmas to the ages, that's why God would have to send a message of restoration. And the restoration was the restoration of the word. But with the restoration of the word comes the restoration of the power. That's how you know it's the word. Amen. I mean, we're, we're calling things today the word and there's no power with it. We're calling it, we got the true word, and there's nothing to heal the sick. There's not even altar calls. There's not even prayer lines. There's no, there's no real cry out into the spirit. There's nothing. Oh, we got the word. The word is a person. It's not a philosophy. And when you have the word of Christ, you have the works of Christ. You cannot have one without the other. So a church without the word, you know, will we'll, we'll be a powerless church, but the word, the church that's claiming to have the word and no power or no signs, no wonders, they are also a powerless, fruitless church. They're not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ has both. Amen. Are you with me? Now, so again, this, this is what God promised, that he would again to bring, bring it back, he would bring back the power of infallibility. So to show us that it was word, how many times did that gift fail? None. Because it was the word. And the word is always right. Is that right? So to prove it was the word, it never failed. It was over and over and over. It was the power of infallibility. Not that Brother Branham was infallible, but that we have the infallible word of God again as it was perfectly given and perfectly understood in the days of Paul. And that means that the church started with the pure word and it ends with the same pure word. Amen. That means we have the same atonement, that Jesus is our mediator, he is our intercessor, we have the same signs, with the same Holy Ghost, with the same signs and wonders. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. So, so again, we, we remember that, that God sends a prophet in this day to do what? Bring us back to the Word again. Right. He would tell us, it's the Word. Look into the Word. I'm not pointing to myself. Right. It's not me I'm pointing to. It's the Word I'm pointing to. But we had too many people that ran after the man instead of the message. Now, so Brother Branham said, they will hear him as the first church heard Paul, and she will mature in the word until becoming a word bride that the mighty works will be found in her that are always attendant upon the pure word in faith. 
Amen. Now, that's true because true doctrine is his word with power. Jesus' doctrine astonished them. So again, we cannot just have the word only. We must have the word in power. Now, you know, this is, this is why Jesus had faith with his power. Brother Brandon would tell us this in perfect faith. He says, I can do nothing in myself. We all realize that. We realize as human beings, we're just as totally helpless as helpless can be. We can do nothing in ourselves. But he relied in knowing that he was the word. Amen. And he had faith in God who made him the word. Now, I didn't make myself the word. He made me the word. How did he do that? Filling me with the Holy Ghost. Then I became the word of God made flesh. Is that right? The word, the Holy Spirit living in me made flesh. God tabernacle and in a human vessel. So we rely upon that we are the word. Amen. Now, where's the devil at? Amen. Come on. Because the word's going to defeat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime. And this bride is not leaving out of here defeated. She's going to be a a victorious church. He had faith in God who made him the word. That's where our faith lays. We're not laying, I can in myself do nothing. I'm I'm not even looking at myself. I'm looking at what he made me. I know I can do all things. I can overcome. I can rise up above. Come on. Amen. So he had faith in God who made him the word. He was God, the word, and that gave him faith because he understood his position. Now understand, you want to have faith, you've got to have faith in your position, what the word said you are. If he said, I'm a son, I'm a son. Then I'm an heir. And if I'm an heir, I have a right. Right to what? Every divine promise. I have a right to healing. I'm an heir. I have a right to salvation. I'm an heir. I have a right to the Holy Ghost. I'm an heir. I have a right to whatever I need. I'm an heir. Is that right? Amen. He understood his position. It's really, really important that you, when you meet the devil, that you position yourself first. Who am I? I'm a son of God. How did I get to be this way? Not by my own choice. He birthed me into the kingdom. Amen. I was born not of the will of man. That's even my own will or the will of the flesh, but of God. And he gave me power, to the authority to become a son by birth. Is that right? And by birth, I am a son. And as a son... I am heir with him, and as an heir with him, he gives me authority. And with that authority, I cast Satan out. Amen. 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 So what gave him faith was because he understood his position. He knew what he was. Why? Because he was feeling, particularly that day, really strong. No. The reason he knew what he was, because the scripture said he was this. So you go looking into the scripture to see what it said about you. 
It said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. It says, no good thing would he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Oh, we fell right then because we've not been walking uprightly good enough. How, who can walk good enough, brother them? Who can do that? I can. Because my mistakes are covered in the blood. So therefore, I'm a blood-washed, blood-bought son or daughter of God. Come on. And I take my position and I understand my position based on the authority of the saith the Lord. God said it. Amen. Amen. He knew what he was because the scripture said he was this. And here every scripture tied in to prove he was exactly what the scripture said he would be. And he knew what he was. Now listen, church. This is how Jesus knew who he was. Somebody help me. Make the connection. Because we think well, Jesus knew who he was because while well, he was just born knowing and he just, listen, he had every voice against him. He had the adversary whispering in his ears. He could look and see his own humanity. Come on. Amen. He, 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 are, you, are you with me, church? Amen. He had to look in the word to see what the word said about him. I don't know what you're reading your Bible for, but if you are reading it, you need to be looking to see what did God say about me. This was said of me. It is written of me. Amen. You say, well, it was written of David. Yeah, it was wrote of David too, but but it was speaking of a greater purpose. And this is what Jesus could look at. He could look back and see the very Psalms of David. And he said, David got in the spirit of who I am. And he began to speak things concerning me. My bones, they stare at me. Right? He could say, they'll not leave my soul in hell. Neither will they allow my holy one see corruption. And he knew, I'll raise in three days. Why? Because the word said he would. Amen. Now, Jesus knew who he was. It didn't matter how he was feeling today, whether he was on Mount Transfiguration or whether he's in the wilderness of temptation with every devil breathing down his neck. He knew who he was. Amen. And, and if, he was in the, if he was in a boat about to be sunk or if he was standing before thousands of demons that were in a man screaming at him. Amen. Jesus knew who he was. Now, you've got to know who you are because you're facing some of the same things. Demons screaming at you. Every voice of Satan. Amen. The waves that are coming up about to sink your little boat. Amen. Every kind of problem that there is, there may be high points in your life where you're on a, on a mount of, of change or, or you're down in, in the wilderness of temptation. It matters not. You've got to know who you are. And you know who you are because what the word said. Brother Branham said he relied upon what God had made him. This This is what I do every time that I face a demon spirit. The first thing I do is I say, well, I'm a son of God. Amen. And I was commissioned to cast this devil out. So I know it's going to go. 
because I've been given an authority over them. I'm not its servant, it's my servant. It's got to do what I say. If I say go, it's got to go. If I say you're bound, you're bound. Amen. Amen. Why? Because you know what God made you as a son. And he did that. He said, then can't we rely upon what God made us as believers? These signs shall follow them that believe. He had faith in what he was. And if you're a believer, you have faith in what you are. You are a believer. Amen. 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 Exactly right. That's, that's exactly the way we were when we were in the hospital with, with my wife with a brain bleed. And it was very dire new, news. But I stood there with my children. And I, and I said, your mother's laying there in the ICU room. But I said, we're not going to worry. And we're not going to fret. We're going to believe. Amen. Because that's what we do. Amen. We are believers. Amen. And believers believe. Amen. 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 Believers believe. And I said, so this is what we have been trained for this moment. And we're going to believe. And I want you to know this is what all the training has been. All the study of the message is to get you to believe. And we have been trained to believe. No matter what is happening, we're going to believe. Because when we believe, all things are possible. When we believe, Satan's got to go. When we believe, the word will work. Amen. And the word will not work for non-believers. The word works for believers. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. But he said, and he said, he relied, Jesus relied on what God had made him. And if he did that, then can't we rely upon what God made us as believers? These signs shall follow them to believe. He had faith in what he was. And if you're a believer, you have faith in what you are. You are a believer. Now, it's good to have faith in Jesus. Certainly we do. We have faith that his atonement is true. Come on. We have faith and believe that he cast out devils, that he healed the sick. Is that right? Right. We have faith in who he was, but we got to bring it another step further than just who he was. We got to believe who we are. And we are a believer. And as a believer, I have certain rights. And I have certain authority. And I have certain powers. And I put base in my my authority on the word. The word said I'm this. The word said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, the Holy Ghost came upon you, I have the power. Amen. The word said, in my name you will cast out devils. Well, I can use his name. I have the authority to use his name. These signs have followed them that believe. I am a believer. How do I know I'm a believer? Because the Holy Ghost came upon me. If I wasn't a believer, the Holy Ghost wouldn't have come on me. So therefore, I'm a son. And as a son, I take my authority. I take my place. I take my position. Now, the only thing you have to do then 
is have faith in what you are. Listen to these words. These words are, uh, these, these words will, will really give you some real authority and power and, and give you freedom like you never know. That he said, for the only thing you have to do then is have faith in what you are. Right. Have faith, listen now, in what the word said you are. You say, well, but Brother Tim, you know, that's my problem. I have faith in what I am. You know, I'm a failure. You're looking at your human side. Look at your new birth. What did he make you as a son or daughter of God? He made you an heir. He made you an overcomer. He made you powerful. He made you where you can cast out devils. You can speak with new tongues. You can bind every demon power. It's underneath you. It's sin is your servant. It's your slave. The devil is your slave. I know those are big words to say, but I'm saying it anyway. The devil is your slave. You have a right to tell him. He does not have a right to tell you. Amen. 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 Have faith in what the word said you are. Jesus had faith in the word of God. That's what he was. It was written, it is written of me. That's what he was. It's written of me. Didn't didn't David and the Psalms and the prophets all speak of them, of him? I am the bread of, of life that came from God out of heaven. He could look back and see the manna. And he said, that was me. He could look at the rock where water came out. That was me. He could look at the tree that, that made the bitter water sweet. That was me. Amen. Come on. He could look at back and he could see everything in the word and he said, that's me. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to look at this word until you see yourself in it. That's why that story of Brother Branham talking about John Quartz you know, where, where he looked in the, into Isaiah 53 and, and read his name into it. He was wounded for John Court's transgression. He was bruised for John Court's iniquity. The chastisement of John Court's peace was upon him, and by his stripes, John was healed. Amen. What was he doing? He read his name in the Scripture. Right. Amen. It said, if I repent and be baptized in his name, I'd receive the Holy Ghost. The promise is to me. Amen. Right. It's for my children. Yes, come on. It's for even those that are far off. Amen. Those that are straight away. It's for you too. Amen. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. Right. And you put your name in there. Amen. It's important. This is important. It is as important as putting Jesus' name in there. Now, you want to make sure when you're baptized, you get Jesus' name in there, right? You go and you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You get your, his name in there. You know that's important. It's important, just as important to put your name in there. And we get hung up sometimes on just the doctrine of things. 
And we don't see the application of things. You've got to put your name in the promise. Quit putting it off for another age and another time and another people. You're the last. You're the final voice to the final age. There's nobody coming after you. Somebody with me? Amen. You see, he says, I am. He said, he looked and he said, they all spoke of it. He says, I am that tree of life from the garden of Eden. I am all these things. I am that I am. He knew that with perfect faith that he was anointed Messiah, that the spirit of God was upon him. And he said, now in myself, I can do nothing but my faith is in God. And God was in him. The word made manifest. And when that word of God comes into you, it's made manifest for you are a believer. And a believer is the faith of God that moves in you. So, so again, he knew who he was in the scripture. So his faith made him act upon the scriptures that pertained to his own life. Oh, listen, Brother Branham said in Christ the Mystery, he said, if the church only knew its position, it will one day, and then the rapture will go when it knows what it is. And the whole message was about you. It was more than God's in a prophet. But it's about you. Amen. It's about God in a people. God in the universe. God in his son. God in his people. And that's what we got to see. It is God in us. Christ in you. The hope of glory. We are here to fulfill what is written. We'll read this scripture. Matthew 5 verse 17. Let's read this. And, and, and just read along in this trans, uh, translation. But he says, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until the heavens and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments... And teaches others to do the same, shall be the least in the kingdom, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So now, again, if we look at Jesus said, don't think I've come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it. So Jesus didn't abolish or annul the law or the prophets. But to fulfill them, he was the law, the word of the law, and the prophets made flesh. Now, let me bring it down now. The opening of the seals made the Bible a new book to Brother Branham. It was not to make the Bible obsolete, but a new book. A book showing that there is a bride here to fulfill what is written. Amen. Amen. You see, we get the wrong impression. We think, we, we think it annuls the scripture. It doesn't annul the scripture. It doesn't abolish the scripture. It, it is there to make the book new. Why new? Because it was cluttered up with every kind of man's idea and thinking. Amen. We looked at it with theology, but 
God gave us a new look at the word. Amen. Without the, without the glasses of denomination. Come on. Amen. Showing, showing us it is, that it is a new book to us. It's not an obsolete book. It's made new to us. Brother Brandon said, how can we put our confidence in this written word of God because it's so inspired and that every phrase of it, every phrase of it hangs together and it's drawing a picture for us of God, what God was and what God is and always will be. Now, Jesus, was, when he was here, he would realize that he was here to fulfill the word. And that's what we got to realize today. We are here for the fulfillment of it. So yes, David had his part, but I'm here to fulfill that part. David killed a Goliath, and he was only speaking of and giving faith for a time where that men and women would meet their own Goliath. And fulfill what David wrote. Come on. Jesus could look and say, I am here to fulfill, to manifest what was typed out for me. And that's why we are here. We are here to fulfill what was written of us. So how are you going to know what is written unless you search the scripture daily to see what the word said about you? If you're sick, go look what the word said. I am the Lord God that healeth all thy diseases. I will put none of these diseases upon you. That ought to speak volumes to you right now. The, the, The Lord has not put this disease upon you. The devil did it. And if the devil did it, we got a right to make him move. Come on. Because the Lord didn't do it. Diseases and afflictions are of the devil. We got as much right to tell them to go as Jesus did. As Paul did. As Peter did. Come on. We got as much right to use the word because they were only prophesying of us. Jesus was the manifestation of the written word. And that's what the bride would be. If we're a word bride, Then I'm saying, why are we letting Satan and his sickness rule us? Even Brother Branham asked the question, if God be with us, where are his miracles? So what is matter? You know, the God of this evil age has tried to turn this supernatural gospel, this end time message into a powerless religion into just an intellectual theology. Oh, this is exactly what the God of this evil age does. Listen, Brother Branham said this in God of this evil age. She's caused the whole world to accept the scientific leadership of the educational program that Satan has given to her under the name of a church, the leadership of an educational scientific Program. I'm picturing you the God of this world, and I'll tell you, it describes many, many message churches today. Oh, yeah. An educational scientific program. Turning the word into a powerless religion. 
When she as Eve had the very filling of God's word in her hand to do that, instead of tarrying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let science prove to her that the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. Instead of keeping divine healing going, now listen, when she ought to be now raising the dead, doing great miracles, she has let Satan under his leadership of religious man take the word of God and try to say it was for another age. And she's believed it. Why, well, I tell you, we, want to, we don't even want to call prayer lines or altar calls. And deliverance has been withheld from the people by a powerless theology. But, but, but we got the seals now, Brother Tim. It's a higher knowledge. The seals only open to us. The gospel of Jesus Christ as Paul preached. And it didn't come in word only. And the power was not just for, the, for Brother Branham. It was for a word bride. Amen. Oh, my. Brother Branham said in the church age book, and I'm going to try to wind down and close with this. The evidence that are receiving the Holy Ghost today, it's just the same it was back in the days of our Lord. It's receiving the word of truth for the day in which you live. Jesus never did stress the importance of works as he did the word. He knew if the people got the word, the works would follow. That is Bible. So there again, we're talking about word, 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 word. We got the word, then words, the works. Because it's the true word, the works has got to follow the word. Amen. Again, Brother Branham talked about this in the Pergamian age. And he said, now Jesus knew there was going to be a terrible drift away from the word in the Pergamian age, which was as yet 200 years off from the, uh, from the Patmos vision. He knew the terrible, the drift that would cause him to go into dark ages. He knew that the way that man originally got away from God was by first leaving the word. If you leave that word, you have left God. Thus he's presenting himself to the church at Pergamos, indeed to all the churches of all ages. I am the word. If you want deity in your midst, then welcome and receive the word. Don't let anyone or anything get between you and that word. That's what I am giving you. The word is a revelation of myself. I am that word. Remember that. And then he says, I wonder if we are sufficiently impressed with the word in our midst. Are we sufficiently impressed with the word in our midst? Let me give you a thought here. It said, how do we pray? We pray in Jesus' name, don't we? Don't we? Every prayer is in his name or there isn't any answer. Yet in 1 John 5, 14, we're told this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have desired of God. Now, we ask, what is the will of God? There's only one way to know his will, and that is by the word of God. Lamentation 3, 37, who is he that saith? 
And it cometh to pass when the word, when the Lord commanded it not. There it is. If it is in the word, you can't have it. So we can't ask unless it's in the word. And we can't petition or ask unless it's in his name. There it is again. Jesus, the name is the word, the will. You can't separate God and the word. They are one. Is everybody with me yet? Now, this word that he left behind on printed pages is a part of him when you accept it by faith into a spirit-filled life. He said his word is life. There it is. He is spirit and he is life. That's exactly what the word is. That's exactly what Jesus is. He is the word. So when a spirit-born, spirit-filled man in faith takes the word into his heart and places it upon his lips, why, it's the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. Hallelujah. And neither will it stand before this word bride in this last day. Because she is the word with signs following them that believe. Amen. Amen. What did God return us to? The word. What have we received? The word. What is here this morning? The word. What did the word say? Position yourself there. I am a son of God. I am not a sinner. I don't belong to the world. I can't overcome this. I can rise above. He said I could. He said to them that overcometh. And I know I'm going to overcome. Let the musicians come. Amen. He said I would. He said this is what I would do. His promise lays in the word. The works that I do shall you do also. We can't have the word without the works. We don't have to preach the works. We preach the word and the signs will follow the word. And when the true word gets preached again. Come on. Not this theology. Not the stuff of he ain't the same. Not the stuff that he doesn't heal like he did. Not the stuff that was only for back then 40, 50 years ago. We got to get back to the word. Amen. And realize it's God's will for every individual to be well and strong. When his conditions are met and his word is believed, it's going to happen. There's no maybe in your case. It's not. Listen, if it's maybe for, for one, it's maybe for everybody. Amen. If God will heal anyone, he'll heal you. Healing is the children's bread. Why would a father withhold his bread from one child and give it to another? We, we got evidence right here. There's Alana. She ate the children's bread. She was healed. Why would God withhold that from another child of God? It's offered to all. And there's enough bread. And if there ain't enough bread, he still multiplies it. Come on. He'll supply all your needs. Listen, sickness and diseases is claiming a terrible toll on people's lives. We got medical science. They're demonstrating some of the greatest achievements. Yet at the same time, disease persists. 
ravages human lives around the world. People are dying right now. The tragedy is these sicknesses and diseases are affecting the bodies of thousands of Christians, real believers, children of God. Yet we got preachers and teachers influenced by their traditions, their theology, that can offer them a little more than sympathy or pity. That's all they do. Well, must be God's will. It'll work out for the best. God's teaching me a lesson in humility. Maybe it's just God's chastisement. Or you're getting drawn closer to God. Because he works his will through our life through sickness. All of them are lies. They're excuses for powerless religion. Brother Branham didn't preach those. Why should we preach them? We don't have to be sick. We have a healer. I'm going to say it. You don't have to be sick anymore and you have to be sinful. It's always God's desire to save you. It's God's desire to heal you. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it here in this new covenant? Why is it with the message in this day that we're letting the enemy run rapid over us? Why is it that we're just sitting until we die? Would you just remember when Israel left out of Egypt, he proclaimed, I am the Lord God that heals all your diseases. And the Bible said there were three million that became well and strong. Come on. The Bible said there wasn't, there wasn't a, a weak one among them. Is that right? Amen. But you see, it's when we change God to I was instead of I am. Or we change he will be. And we hear it all the time. When the bride gets her power, when she gets her her anointing, she is the anointed one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to set the captive at liberty, amen, to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind. The anointing is here. It's the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why are we waiting for the power when the power is already here? Why have we let theology take us back to a church of Christ religion? Come on, somebody. Or just to a Baptist profession of God can, but God won't, but, God won't, but he can, if it be his will. It is his will. He wrote it in his will. If under the old covenant, there's three million people could be well at one time. Then how many people 
can be well today living under the new covenant when we've been pointed back to the original atonement where Jesus paid for our sins and our sickness. We got a covenant that is on a better promise with a better priesthood through a more excellent ministry. It's high time we begin to realize we're the word and we express the word instead of expressing all these other doubts and confusion and unbelief. Start declaring, start by today declaring who you are. Declaring what the word said. Declaring every spirit is underneath you. Declaring that by my God he hath made me to run through a troop and leap over a wall. Declare it. I'm more than a conqueror to him that loved me. Declare it. That he wants us to walk in perfect health and peace. That I would. That you would be in health even as your soul prospers. Start declaring what the word said about you. Start claiming that promise. Start expecting it in the church. Begin to think, put on the mind of Christ. Because the Antichrist coming in with his lies, trying to make us powerless, trying to make us disbelieve our weapon. Get back into the word of God and begin to see what he made the promise. For I will perform my good word towards you in bringing you back to this land. And I'll restore to you the years of the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, that great army that was sent to you. But I will restore, saith the Lord. And I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you open up your own life and say, Lord, pour that spirit out into me. And fill me with that Holy Spirit and with a faith and a resolve to believe the promise for myself. Put my faith back in the authority of the word. What did it say about me? Amen. Let's stand together. Right now, wherever you are, your faith can touch him. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. Then your life will never be the same. There's only one way to touch him. Start believing when you call on his name. The Bible said if we call on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. Is that true or isn't it true? Then if we call on him right now, we're going to be delivered. We call on his name. Put yourself in that promise right now. I want you to put it in there. He said, I'm healed, and I say I'm healed. He said, I'm saved, so I'm saying what he said. He said, I'm delivered, I'm saying that I'm delivered. I'm accepting the word of promise right now for my own. He made a promise to me, and it cannot return to him void. It must accomplish what he sent it to do. And I'm looking to him right now. And I want you to reach out and touch him right now.
and believe him. Would you reach out your hand to him right now and just believe by faith right now that I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to be the same. Amen. There's going to be a change. Start it began right now because I put my faith in the word, in the authority of the word. I know who we are as children of God. We have been born by his spirit. We have been washed by his blood. There's not a sin in our lives. We stand blameless. Not under the blood of bulls and goats, but of the blood of Jesus. And I'm speaking to you right now, wherever you are. I don't care. Maybe cancer. Doesn't matter. This message addressed cancer specifically. You gotta bow to the name of Jesus. Every disease, every sickness, everything beneath it. Now in the name of Jesus, I bind it. And I command it to leave the bodies of believers everywhere. The tormentor has tormented God's people long enough. I adjure it in the name of the Lord to leave them. And command it to go. Taking the authority of God's word, what he made me as a son. And claiming the promise of God. I say, Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. Leave them in the name of Jesus. You doubting, unbelieving spirit, leave them. Where they take and believe the word of God right now in Jesus' name. The signs follow them that believe. And the word is preached. And the word delivers. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking that you bless your people today. Everyone under the sound of my voice, may they receive of that promise right now for their own selves and in their lives, for their loved ones, for their needs. In Jesus' name, amen.